In his last two outings, Corey Sandhagen's violent knockouts of Marlon Moraes and Frankie Edgar have propelled him right into the title conversation at 135 pounds. His devastating wheel kick finish of Moraes, followed by the flying knee knockout of the legendary champion Edgar, have put a bigger spotlight on the Sandman than ever before. But this weekend, a similar stoppage over former bantamweight kingpin TJ Dillashaw could launch him into a new stratosphere. Even before his two-year USADA suspension for EPO use, Dillashaw struggled to stimulate the fanbase in a positive manner. The confirmation of his PED abuse has made him somewhat of a pariah, which will prompt many to root against him on his return this weekend. This is Pete Carroll for MMA on Point, and I spoke to the number two ranked bantamweight in the world, Corey Sandhagen, about his upcoming bout with TJ Dillashaw and the implications a win will have on the title picture. Champion Aljamain Sterling is the last person to claim victory over Sandhagen, so the Sandman already has a narrative in terms of the 135 pound title. When you see how Grady has looked since that loss, it's hard not to believe that the defeat has acted as a catalyst for Sandhagen's recent performances. This is not the first time that Sandhagen has been on the verge of a title shot. Riding a seven fight win streak into his June 2020 clash with Sterling, the winner of the fight would be seen as a number one contender in the bracket. Despite the Funkmaster locking in a submission within 90 seconds of the first bell, Sandhagen believes the defeat has pushed him on to a new level. Yeah, it gave me a kick in the ass. Losing sucks, and losing in MMA just sucks even more because usually uh, it's quite embarrassing when you lose. I made some, you know, I, I would consider them mental uh, mishaps, getting ready for Aljamain and then fighting Aljamain too, and you could say maybe overlooked him or, or, or didn't go in with, with uh, the mentality of having to earn a win. So yeah, it was a bit of a kick in the ass for sure. Uh, it kind of feels like uh, I, I have been able to really, you know, create a much stronger person in my head, one that's like a, a much better competitor and one that's just, um, you know, the guy that you've seen in the cage the last couple of times who's just a lot more intense and a lot more uh, fearful of winning. <laughs> the top-ranked contender is proud of how he has bounced back from the loss and the resounding praise from fans and media has only added to his momentum. Like seeing me be able to, uh, you know, control control things a little bit better. Like that's really exciting for me as like a as a person kind of going through the process of trying to become a champion. It, it's really fun and, and exciting for me to be like, oh, like look at what I've done for myself. You know, like look at the changes and the hard work that I've done in order to make myself a much better fighter. And uh, and that, that kind of gives me a little bit of pride. So like, yeah, that that's really cool. And, and definitely the last two have been super fun to watch because they, uh, knockouts are cool, man. You know, they, they, they make it popular. Uh, people are all about like the clickbait and the short little videos. And uh, you know, it doesn't get much better than, than those, so. The UFC matchmakers have done a fantastic job of ushering in a new era of bantamweight title challengers by matching new faces with legendary foes. In the same way Pyotr Jan got a huge boost to his stock in victory over Jose Aldo, Sandhagen believes his stunning KO over former lightweight champion Frankie Edgar has had similar ramifications. I don't really know how to gauge it too well other than like uh, I do notice when I walk into the gym uh, people look at me a little bit more. You know by no means do I think that I'm like a all-star or famous or have done anything that's worth, you know, bragging about in this sport by my standard. I, I think that, yeah, it definitely has put me in like a different class of, of fighter where, you know, you say Corey Sanhagen and it, it's a lot less like, oh, who's that guy? It's more like, oh, 
that's the skinny pale guy. So maybe, maybe, maybe after I fight TJ, people will stop, you know, they'll stop calling me that. And it will be like, oh yeah, we know who Corey Sanhagen is. He's not the skinny pale kid. He's a, he's a fighter kid. And not to Dillashaw's current stock with the fan base, Sandhagen has noted a very different feeling among the community this time around, which will likely result in him being championed even more with a victory. Even just in conversation where it's like, uh, you know, when I was getting ready to fight, Frankie, it, I didn't get a lot of like, hey, I hope you, I hope you knock the shit out of him, you know, like it, I didn't get a lot of those, and I've been getting a lot of like, hey, I hope you beat the shit out of TJ. So it's definitely pretty apparent to me that uh, he's he's a disliked guy, and um, yeah, I, I think as optics, I, I think it's a good fight too. I think you know TJ being. I consider TJ to be considered as one of the greatest bantamweights to to fight. You know, like him, Cruz. I don't really even know who else to put into that category at 135. But yeah, being able to fight one of those guys is obviously a huge deal. And then uh, the fact that, yeah, no one likes him and I get to kind of come in and be the hero is also will, will be a cool thing too. Interestingly, regardless of the fans' feelings on Dillashaw's well-publicized failed drug test, Sandhagen is adamant that the controversy does not give him any added motivation ahead of their meeting. I think everyone, in my opinion, gets hated equally. If they're, you know, if they're the opposition, they get the equal amount of hate. You know, like you kind of have to create stories in order for, because it is a hurt business and you have to go in and you have to hurt another person that you know is a person with, you know, people in their life that they love and yada yada. But you kind of have to create this story of, you know, why you don't like them and why you hate them and why you want to hurt them and why they're not going to take from you what uh, you've worked so hard to to gain and they're not going to stop you in your tracks from your dreams. That arises a lot more um, motivating emotions for me than telling myself like, oh, TJ was also, you know, on EPO and that's definitely not okay to do either and blah, blah, blah. But to me, man, like, TJ gets the same treatment as Frankie got, as Marias got, and then as kind of the previous opponents got, um, and uh, and that's what it is. Given the innate danger that already exists in combat sports, Sandhagen described Dillashaw's past cheating as gross. I know that people don't like him for that reason. Um, when I first got news of it, obviously I was like, that's like, you know, that's just like a thing that you don't do. You know, like you, as like two men in a cage, uh, agreeing to have a fair competition and you're giving yourself that much of an advantage like that to me just says a lot about who you are as a person but that's you know those are his that's his life that's for him to deal with it, it, it doesn't add any fuel to the fire it's just kind of like I guess gross is the word that I would use best for it is it's just like that's just like a gross thing to do like but no uh uh, what motivates me more, man, is that like I have a dream and these motherfuckers are in the way of my dream and uh, and I don't want them taking that dream from me. And uh, to me, that's way more motivating than any any story that I can tell myself in, in any other way. With a win on Saturday, there is no other fights that Sandhagen should take other than the fights with the two main protagonists in the championship conundrum, Sterling and Yan. He knows that if he can finish Dillashaw in a similar manner to the way he dispatched Marias and Edgar, the MMA world will be chomping at the bit for those contests. I think I go out and I do to TJ what I know that I can do to TJ and I look really good like I've been looking really good and like I said that needs to be earned that's not something I can just say in an interview and have it magically happen um, I, I need to go out and do those things but if I do them in the way that I know that I can everyone will be extremely excited about me refacing Aljamain or they will be extremely excited to watch me 
fight Jan also. I think that it's a, it's a win-win because I know people think very, very highly of Jan's skills. And I think other than kind of, you know, the the little tick on my record of, of the Aljamain fight, I think people think really, really highly of my skills too. And I think that I've done a really good job of proving that uh, that hole that was in my ship is definitely filled, um, which I think will make for a super exciting fight against Jan too. But yeah, both will be sweet, man. Both will be sweet. I, I think that the way I hear people talk about Jan makes me want to beat him. They, they think super highly of him. And uh, I don't want people out in the world thinking that that guy's better than me. <laughs> um, and then same thing with Aljamain. Uh, right now, people definitely think that Aljamain's better than me. And I don't want people in the world thinking that either. Um, so going out and being able to beat Aljamain would be uh, would be just would be just as sweet, you know. So I'm super pumped for both both of the fights. The biggest problem for any bantamweight contender at the moment is the fact that champion Aljamain Sterling has just undergone surgery on his neck. Although reports have claimed he could return in three months' time, nothing has been made official in terms of his first title defense. As well as that, following their well-publicized first title clash, most people think Pyotr Jan will get an immediate rematch with Sterling when he is ready to fight. Although that could result in a patch of inactivity for Sandhagen, he underlined that it's impossible to know how things will play out, using the example of Derek Lewis v Cyril Gann being cited for an interim title clash because Francis Ngannou was not ready to compete when the UFC wants him to. For someone that likes to compete and for someone who really likes getting wins and, you know, like staying really active and all of that, uh, for me that is potentially a little bit stressful but um there's a ton of hypotheticals in this sport too like you, you saw kind of what just happened with Ninganu, where they kind of just you know i don't want to use maybe they i don't know if they stripped him or what but they're doing an interim title because he wasn't ready to fight so that could be the case for this too um i i really have no idea um there's a lot of hypotheticals in the sport which is also, another thing that I've learned throughout the years of being in the UFC, where if you try to think six months in advance, you're kind of wasting your time. So um, I, I, again, I don't really think too far ahead of time. Uh, I'm going to kind of get this win and then uh, and then see where the division is. And, you know, maybe the UFC will we'll just see what the UFC says, too. But before we can implant Sandhagen into that conversation, he needs to get through Dillashaw first. Considering the former champion's last outing in the weight class was nearly three years ago, Sandhagen believes the bracket has evolved beyond Dillashaw in his absence. It's going to definitely not be a good night for him if he doesn't come out kind of being the, the TJ that he was, or a better version. You think about like um, two and a half years ago when TJ left the division, how much it's changed. Right. Like uh, I think I, I fought on the same card as TJ in New York. And that was when I was fighting when I fought Mario Batista. So that was even before I fought John Lineker, Asun Sal, Marais, Frankie, Aljamain. That was before all of those fights. So it has been a really long time since TJ has been in this division. I can only imagine that in those two years while he's watching what's happening in the division, he has to be pretty worried about how stacked the thing is and, and how many good guys there are in the division. So I imagine he's probably been training pretty hard for that reason. But yeah, if, if TJ doesn't come out, you know, ready to go or at any type of disadvantage, it's going to be not a good night for TJ. I want to say a massive thank you to Corey Sandhagen for giving us his valuable time ahead of what is definitely the most important fight of his career to date. Please let us know if you enjoyed the feature in the comments. We have some more of these planned for future events and we would really love to get your feedback. Will it be Sandhagen's hero moment over the jilted former champion TJ Dillashaw? Or will Dillashaw prove that he can be elite without the advantages of illicit supplementation? 
Fans in the US can find out by tuning into ESPN on Saturday, June 24th, and UK fans can watch the fight on BT Sport. I really hope you enjoyed the feature with Corey the Sandman Sandhagen. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>